next song and the word hosanna means save us now or it's also a word of praise that says god we recognize that you are the only one who could rescue us so it's a word of praise did somebody just say hi lance hi buddy (laughs) it's great to have the kids in here isn't it all right let's sing this awesome song together here we go
sit down. This is going to be a different kind of service, just so you know that. little warning ahead of time, all right? We got the kids in here. I got my fan club over here on the second row right there. Yeah, all right. <laughs> um, we're just glad you guys are here. Did you have a nice Christmas? The floor had a nice Christmas. The balcony, not so much. I'm sorry about that balcony. When you came in the door, you got a worship folder, and uh, if you're visiting with us, we would love to uh, give you a gift bag, and, and what you can do is you can um, 
fill out that talk to us card and take it by guest services at the end. And I say at the end because we're about to take the offering. Normally we do that at the very end and you could throw it in there, do whatever. Uh, But we want you to take it by guest services to get a gift bag. And then um, we're going to go ahead and take the offering now because today is such a different day. And you'll see what we mean in just a second. All right. It's so different. In fact, that usually, by the way, first impressions, when you guys are ready, you just come right on down and take the offering. Uh, Usually we have a video for announcements. Today, I am your video. Huh? Yeah. Here's the announcements. Look in your worship folder. That's where all the announcements are. You like that? I mean, it's so obvious, right? Uh, There's one thing I want to add. If you're a single, uh, we've got a special group link coming up for you on January 18th. And uh, we're trying to create a bunch of connection groups with singles and, and be an awesome way to jumpstart the new year. So just make a note of that if you're single here today. And um, you can go to newspring.org slash group link to sign up for that or just go to the website, newspring.org, find a graphic somewhere on there that says group link and follow that. And that'll be just awesome. So we're glad you guys are here. Like I said, it's going to be a little bit different day and it's going to be an awesome day. We're going to have a great time looking at what God tells us about what he's got in store for us. Well, hey guys, good morning. I know it's been a, a challenging week for some of you with holidays and travel and all the cool things that were happening. But today we just want to like back off and celebrate the series that we're in right now. Before I get there, however, let me talk to you about what's going to happen two weekends from right now. We're starting a brand new series called Change. Um, one of the challenges that I have in my life is the fear sometimes I'll never be able to change. And uh, for four weekends, actually five weekends, in the month of January and going into February, we're going to talk about how real change can happen. I read a lot of self-help books, you know. You go to Barnes & Noble, some of the bookstores, and you get into the self-help section, and it's all about how you can change your life. But for me, those are limited, because I I, I find that wanting to change bumps up against my own personal nature. And and oftentimes, I want to change, but then I fail. We're going to look at God change and how God change is possible in our lives. And that all starts two weekends from this weekend. It is going to be awesome. It is the single most important series I've ever done in my career. Y'all laughing. I'm telling you, it's really true. I told you that about dreams, you know, but dreams is nothing compared to this. And so I really am excited about this. I can't wait to get started. It is so very powerful. Five key things to actually becoming a totally different person. And it'll work on low-level stuff, like if you're just trying to lose weight. It'll also work on high-level stuff if you really need to be totally reset on the inside. So I cannot wait to begin the series. It's two weekends from this weekend. Next weekend, Lance will be bringing the talk, and then I think they've got the year in review for New Springs. That's something you will not want to miss. Okay, well, as I said, I'm not going to bring just a long talk today on dreams. We're just going to kind of celebrate what we've learned. This whole series began around Jeremiah 29 11, the promise that God made to his people. I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans not to bring disaster, but to give you a future and a hope. And, and throughout this series, we've talked about how that life sometimes can put us in a place where we don't want to be. In the book of Jeremiah, the people of Judah wound up in Babylon, and they didn't want to be there. But God said to them, just go ahead and function. In fact, God was saying, you do what you do so I can do what I do. And what we've discovered in this whole process is that God gives us the power to function. But the the question I want to ask today, and this has been the one that's kind of been nagging at me a little bit, and and I hope you'll just give me a little latitude and think about this. My question for you today is, what happens if God's great plans for you don't materialize in this life? Suppose God chooses to let those plans for your good happen in the life to come. 
We live in a very affluent culture here in the United States, and some of our materialism has crept into the messages that you hear in church. Like every once in a while, I'll hear a minister kind of communicate that what God really wants you to experience is heaven on earth, where everything that happens in your life is good, and there are no problems, and God resolves all your issues and gives you all the money that you need. Well, I'm careful about that because there's a seed of truth in there. I can honestly say that following Christ has been good for me. God has blessed me and given me wonderful gifts and blessings and healings. But could we just be honest? At the end of the day, in this life, it's not going to end well. The truth of the matter is, if if Jesus doesn't come first, we're going to get sick and we're going to die. And the people that we love are going to die. This is a broken world. And, and no matter how many good gifts God gives us in this life, well, let me, let me say it to you this way. The very best thing that God gives you for this life is temporary, and the very smallest thing that God does for us in eternity is forever. So my, my concern is that sometimes in our culture, we sort of put a premium on the things that God does for us in this life, and we psychologically and emotionally discount the things that God does for us in heaven. So I want to get us thinking today. Hey, you remember in the first message, the first talk that I gave you, I, I told you about how that God smiles on us and he, he knows the plans that he has for us. And I talked to you about how my dad was around Christmas time, how that he couldn't keep a secret. You know, he's got this grin on his face. Well, I, there was also something that happened in my family around Christmas time too. And I don't know if any, any of the kids in here today did this or, or do this. But I would start nagging my parents about the second or third week in December, and I would ask them, can I open a present? Do we have any kids that ask if they could open presents early? Okay, well, that's how I was. I would just have to talk to my parents. Hey, I want to open something. And my parents kind of like did this deal. They sort of figured it out what they would do. They would, they would say, okay, Mark, you know, two weeks before Christmas, we'll let you open a present. But I want you to understand clearly, it wasn't like I could just pick which present I wanted to open because there were certain presents that were set aside for Christmas morning. And my parents like bought a gift that they could just prepare when I asked them, can I open a present early? They'd say, yeah. We didn't have Walmart back then, I don't think. But they would just got to go to some store that sold cheap toys or something and they'd wrap it up. It might be a 59 cent plastic airplane or something. I mean, it'd just be something that they would give to me and say, here, open this. And it was still cool, and I did it, but I knew that when I got that present, I knew it wasn't a Christmas morning present. It wasn't like this. It wasn't, you know, this is heavy and substantial, and I got a sense that what was in this present was great, but it was like they were saying, you have to wait for that, but if you want, you can go ahead and open this. And so what I want to share with you is that's what God does for us in this life. The the good things that happen in this life, it's just the presence that we're able to open early, you know? And, And you guys know the kind of stuff that's in those kind of presents. And so, I mean, I'll open this up and see what's in here. And I'm never good at opening presents. You know, I just like tear the paper. Is that how you, some of you guys, you get it all folded and nice and stuff, but I got to tear the paper or else it's not a real present, you know. Let's just see what's in here. This is the kind of thing, you know, that God gives us that we say, well, it's a blessing and I like it, but we know here's the kind of present that I got to open before Christmas. You guys ready for this? Socks, right? Anybody get socks for Christmas? Yeah, I hear that. And now here's the thing. I'm not saying that the things that God gives us in this life aren't good, because they are good, and they're wonderful, and we rejoice, and we're grateful. Well, let me tell you this. The best thing that God gives you in this life, compared to what he has planned for you, is just socks. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, it hasn't even entered into the imagination of man 
or woman the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So for all of us who just like get off, and by the way, we should be thankful, we should rejoice, but I just want you to know that the very best thing God gives you in this life compared to what he wants to give you in heaven is just socks. It's just socks. God said, I know the plans that I have for you. They're plans to give you a future and a hope. So for those of you who've gone through a hard circumstance and you ask God to heal a loved one and God decided to heal that grandmother or that mom or that brother or sister, God chose to heal them in heaven. Their healing is so much better than the healing God would give them in this life. And for those of you that you asked God for something and God said, wait, it's just not going to happen in this life. You're in Babylon, but I know the plans that I have for you. If those plans materialize in heaven, then get your expectations up. Get your excitement up because the best this life has to offer is just socks compared to what's in the Christmas morning box. All right, we're, we're going to do something a little different. I keep saying that. You're going to believe me. We'd like to give away this gift at the end of the service. It's really nice. Okay? But we're just going to give it to kids, fifth grade and under, all right? So I need some help with first impressions, people. You guys come on down if you're going to help me. We don't often see raffle tickets here in the church, but we're going to give away tickets today. <laughs> To all kids, fifth grade and under. So if you anywhere in the room, kids, fifth grade and under, run down here, get yourself a ticket, and hold on to it to the end of the service. All right, come on. Fifth grade and under. Fifth grade and under, come get those tickets. It's really awesome. I'm just telling you. I wish I were fifth grade. My wife says I act like a fifth grader. You guys stand up. Let's sing this awesome song together because as believers, we know that Jesus Christ is on his way to get us, to take us to heaven. And we join a long line of believers over the decades and over the centuries that have proclaimed this truth that God is on his way. We want to sing it this morning. So you guys lift up your voices. Let's have a great time. You might even want to clap if you are awake. Ready?
Oh, oh. 
Thank you. You may be seated. Well, we've, we've said that this world is going to be a place where dreams are never going to fully come true. And God is preparing a place where dreams do come true. But I want to talk to you about something that is really meaningful to me as I think about heaven. The Bible talks a lot about what won't be in heaven. In fact, if you read Revelation chapters 21 and 22, which are the last two chapters of the Bible, God goes to great lengths to tell us what isn't going to be in heaven. The Bible says there will be no night there. There won't be any pain there, any sickness, any sorrow. And there's no death in heaven. I remember when I was a kid preacher one day, I was waxing eloquent about heaven. I said there will be no undertakers in heaven. And an undertaker who was in the service came to me after the service and said, is that really true? And I had to say, yeah, you'll be there. You'll just have a different line of work. Because you think, see, that's what, what keeps this world from being a, a place where dreams come true. There's just so much broken stuff in it. And we keep cutting ourselves in the broken pieces of a fallen world. You know, it all comes down to this. The truth is there are six billion people in the world and all of us are sinners. Every once in a while, somebody would say to me, why does God allow sin into the world? If God is a God of love and he's a perfect, perfect God, why does he allow sin in our world? And, and listen, this is it. This is big right here. What God wants more than anything else is he wants people who willingly choose to love him, not robots. If he wanted to, he could have made us all robots and we would have all served him and loved him. But what's the point of that? God wanted people who would choose out of their hearts to do what you just did, which is to worship him. And because he gave us all a choice, we live in a world with six billion people, all with sin natures, all who do wrong, including ourselves, and we just run into each other and all the pain that all those free wills produce. But God has made a world for us where things will be right for the people who choose to love him, for people who do want to do his will. He's made this place called heaven. But what's really interesting to me, and this is something I think sometimes we overlook in church, what God has done is he's found a way to take all the bad stuff out of our world. And even though God is an awesome God and he's all-powerful, God will not violate his own sense of justice. Somebody had to be willing to take all our pain, all our sorrow, our guilt, take it upon himself, and after living a perfect life, suffer for us in our place. And the only person who could do that is Jesus. God sent his son into the world. Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem. Jesus was not a man who became God. He was God who became human. And he came into our world, you know, human and God at the same time. Everything was thrown at him that gets thrown at you and me. And he never failed. And after living a perfect life for those 33 years, he laid down on the cross. And what he did when he hung on that cross was he basically took all the bad stuff, the sin, the sorrow, the pain, the guilt. He took it on himself. That's why his heart exploded when he was on the cross. And he did that so that you and I could go to a place that would be perfect, where dreams would completely come true. Years ago, I read a story about a man who was on a picnic with his kids, and there was a wasp, persistent wasp, flying around. The kids were freaking because they thought the wasp was going to sting them. They were crying and stuff, and they weren't enjoying the picnic because they were afraid of the wasp. And so the father, after having enough of that, just reached out with his hand, and he grasped the wasp, just caught him in midair and held him for a little bit. And the kids kind of went on as though everything were fine. But then the father did something unusual. He opened his hand and released the wasp. And the kids started freaking again because they thought, why would you, you know, you caught the wasp, why would you let him go? And then the father opened his hand and the kids could see that in his hand was the stinger. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what Jesus did for us on the cross. He took the sting. He took our sin, your sin and my sin, so that we never have to see it again. He took our death, our guilt, our grief, our pain, our shame, all the stuff that makes this world a broken place, Jesus took it on himself. 
And he gave us a celebration. The night before he was arrested, he gave his disciples some bread and some juice. And he said, this bread represents my body and this juice represents my blood. It's not the actual body and blood of Jesus. It doesn't become that. These are symbols. And Jesus said, as often as you do this, remember me. Well, in a few moments, we're going to receive communion. When I, when I receive communion, there, first of all, the first thing that happens to me, there's two words that just form in my mouth because I realize that without Jesus, I'd go straight to hell. Guys, all it takes to go to hell is one sin because perfection is what you have to have to go to heaven. I can't be perfect for 30 minutes. I can't. And God knew that. That's why he sent Jesus. Every once in a while, people say, well, is Jesus all that important? Ha! Man, without him, I would be so dead forever. But when I, th- I take communion, I say thank you. I mean, that's the first words on my lip is thank you, thank you. The second thing is the Bible tells us communion is a real opportunity for us to examine our lives and see if we're allowing something in our lives. You know, because after all, if Jesus suffered like he suffered to take the sin out of our lives, we can't just let it go on in our lives unchecked and not care. So communion is always a time for me to look, look at my life and see if I'm allowing some sin patterns to say, well, that doesn't belong in my life. But today I want to invite you to, to think about something else when you receive communion today. I want you to think about heaven. I want you to think when you, when you have the juice and the bread in your hand and you're contemplating what Jesus did for us, think about the fact that not only did he save us and forgive us, but he opened, us, opened the doors for us to go to a place where none of the bad things that we experience, none of the dream busters that we experience in this life will be there. We're going to receive communion now. And the way we're going to receive it today is if you want to come forward. Now, if you're in the balconies, there'll be people at the doors there that can help you in the upstairs to receive communion. But if you want to receive it today, you can just come forward when you feel ready. And if you like, you can stand here and think and pray for a moment. There are some waste baskets for your cups here. But we're just going to celebrate what Jesus did for us, realizing that without him, we would never go to a place where dreams come true. But because of him, the best is yet to come. Would you guys stand up, and when you're prepared and ready to come take communion, you can do that as we sing these songs together about Christ's blood.
seated. Well, it's in the series Dreams the way it started. If you were here in the first week, you know that there were two words that just really governed our whole series, and those are the words, just function, just function. God had told the people of Judah, you're going to be carried into captivity in a place where you don't think your dreams will come true. But God said, don't sit by the phone waiting for things to change. Get on with life. Build houses, plant vineyards, have kids, watch the kids grow up, parent your kids, Find spouses for your kids. Have grandkids. God was saying, just function. See, we're like the people of Judah in in Babylon. We're in a world that's broken. And as we said, it's never going to be fixed till we get to heaven. But God's instructions for you and me are just function. Don't be afraid of death because, as we've already seen, that's where the real presence lies on the other side of. Heaven is a place where dreams come true. The big boxes are there. So God's message to you and me is this. In this life, put the pedal to the floor. Live all out. Don't be afraid. Live fearless. Just function. Because God says he knows the plans that he has for us, and they're good plans. You're about to watch a video in a moment, and let me set it up so that you'll know what you're watching. 
Um, early this year, in 2008, Lance's dad, Ray Cummins, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And that's a type of cancer that doesn't have a real good prognosis. And Ray didn't know what was going to happen with him, but he just faced death in a way that I don't think I've ever seen anybody in my life, in my career as a pastor. I just don't think I've ever seen anyone have such courage and matter-of-factness about it. In June, Ray came to Wichita, and, and Lance and Ray and I went to play golf. And we played at Auburn Hills. I don't know if any of you ever play at Auburn Hills or not, but it's a long, long course. It starts in West Wichita and goes to Goddard, basically. I mean, that's just what the course is like. And it, it, do you guys remember how much rain we had last summer? I mean, there was like this, these huge clouds all around us. And so we said, well, we'll play for a while, and if the rain comes in, we'll just stop. But it was really important. You know, we really wanted to play with Ray, and he, wanted to, he, was, he was having a great time. We played the front nine. The clouds were just right over our heads, and it was like no, no rain was falling. We could see it all around, but it wasn't falling on the, falling on the golf course. So we got on the back nine, and, and sure enough, we got about as far on the back nine as you can get. And not only the rain came, but like the mother of all storms came. And the lightning was just striking all around us. I've never seen lightning like that before in my life. I mean, maybe in Houston... But, I mean, this was scary. It was really scary. I mean, the lightning was like striking around us. It was like you could almost see the smoke behind the trees. I mean, it was just terrible, terrible, just striking. And we were all on the green, and we had lightning rods in our hands, you know. And, and, and Ray was standing over a putt or about to stand over a putt. And I looked over at Lance, and, well, I wasn't afraid, but Lance was afraid. I, I just... No, I was afraid too. We were both scared to death. And, and I mean, we weren't worried about the hole. We weren't worried about who won the hole or anything. All we were just concerned about was getting back without getting struck by lightning. And so we just, I mean, a big boom of lightning hit and just right around us. And I mean, it sent us scurrying to the golf cart and trying to get some shelter. And, and Lance called out to his dad, who was still, Ray was still standing over his putt. And, and Lance kind of said, dad, you know, like you can surely see the storm. And as long as I live, I remember what Ray said next. He said, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm putting for birdie. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, we were drenched at this point. We got in the golf cart and ran all the way back from Goddard to the clubhouse. By this time, we were soaked to the skin. and We got stuff in my car, and we drove to Red Robin over here in, in the waterfront. And we sat there <laughs> totally soaked to the skin. But while we were there, Ray gave Lance and me a tutorial about facing life and death. And it was just awesome what he shared with us. Later that day, Lance asked Ray if he'd be interested in putting any of these thoughts on videotape. And he, and, and he did. And, and we watched them at, at Ray's funeral this fall. And Ray talked to his family. And I just asked Lance then, I said, can we, is it okay with you if we play this video today? Because I'm guaranteeing you what you're about to see is going to change the way you look at life and death. I mean, one thing real, Ray had real clear, he understood that the best you get in this life, even compared to heaven, is still socks, and the great gifts are yet to come. And Ray talks about it, and we played this at his funeral. I want you to watch it now. Trust me, it is transforming. What you're about to see is a video of, of my thoughts over the last several months, uh, up to and including the time we're having today. If you're watching this video, I've, my spirit has already passed on into eternity, and uh, I'm in a much happier place than I've ever been. It's clear beyond any shadow of doubt to me, since my wife passed away, I had this overwhelming sense 
that our belief theologically that there is uh, heaven after death, that there's paradise with Jesus. I knew she was in a better place, and I knew now in a few months I was going to be in a better place. So there was no fear of the death itself. But I did want to be clear, what did God want for my life to do? What did He want in these in the last months? I didn't have a bucket list. I didn't have a make-a-wish, foundation wish of things that I needed to do. I've accomplished a lot of things in my life, got to see a lot of things. I just wanted to accomplish several things. One would be to, to see that all my family members would know my condition, that they would know where I was headed. And uh, many are watching this video who are, are family members. And what I want you to know is that I'm not afraid, that I, I'm in a better place. And, and it's because of my faith in Jesus Christ. And uh, He is the one who has seen me through all of this. I realize now that with the time that was drawing short, that I wanted everything I did to be to be considered in terms of it might be the last time that I would be doing that. Uh, so I would have last events. And everything I would do, I would be thinking in terms of this might be the last time I would do this. And, and it may, maybe it wouldn't be, but at least I was living that way. So life became richer for me in the, in the last months of my life. But really, it's, it's been a, a time of mixed emotions for me. On the one hand, there are people I wouldn't want to leave. There are family members. You always think of family members. You'd like to see them grow and, and grandchildren to grow up and do other things. Uh, but there's some point where God says, uh, this is the end for you. And, uh, and he has another plan. And I, I yield to that plan. But the other emotion is knowing I'm headed to paradise. There's an excitement about what lies ahead uh, as I envision the, the better place that I'm going to and the, the people that I will see there, loved ones who are believers who have gone on before. And uh, it's just really hard to be grieving about this. It's hard to be sad about it. And many of you are, who are sitting here today are saying, you know, I, I talked a lot about death in the, in the in ending months of my life. And I talked about it very directly it's because it was so clear to me. I wasn't trying to be offensive. I was trying to deal with it the way I can deal with it. I don't deal well with putting things back behind a wall and, and trying to forget about them. I wanted to bring them out into the open so people could have a discussion and they could ask me questions. I wanted people I wanted people to say, why is it you're so positive about knowing where you're going? Because so I could share with them that they too could be positive if they would just trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. If I were to try to state what I'd want to be remembered for, it would be it'd really be hard to say. I think one word might describe it and then I could expand on that. Eccentric is the word that comes to my mind. Uh, I've never wanted to be one of the flock of sheep. I've always wanted to be a little bit different. I, I've not thought of that I had a serious thing to accomplish to, to be remembered for. I want to be remembered as an individual who, was tr who loved God, loved Jesus, wanted to do things, but I always wanted to try new things, whether I was any good at them. In my mind, I was always a lot better than I was in reality. And so I've had a lot of reality checks. People look back on my life. Some are going to see the negatives. Some people are going to remember that, and it's going to stay with them forever. Uh, God forgave me, and I've moved on, and things have changed and gotten better. And uh, I believe, I mean, uh, according to His will. So I'd like to be remembered as one who was trying to do what God wanted to do um, and was not necessarily really uh, proud of everything. Basically, I want you to remember me with reality. Uh, reality is good. Uh, to be able to say to somebody, you know, hey, 
this is not what you do here is this is not good that, that's something we can share with people so I hope you'll feel free to share that with other people it's too late to share with me I wouldn't tell you all of these things about my life with, for the purpose of building up my life trying to seem like it was better than it was everything that was ever accomplished in my life was because of my relationship with Jesus Christ and I've talked about it several times to you that I know I have eternal life that I know I'm going to paradise and it may bring a question in your mind how can I know that God is a gracious God he loves us more than we can ever imagine the greatest thing I ever learned was that God had a gift for me it wasn't something I could work for it was something he would freely give to me it was called eternal life he didn't want me to work for it. If I'd have worked for it, I would boast about how I, I prepared myself to go to heaven. I've been to many funerals where people talk about so-and-so is a good man. It doesn't matter whether you're a good man or a good woman. It matters how good God is. God is offering by grace, by His mercy, a free gift of eternal life. Now the problem is uh, we don't deserve it. We, we've all done things that are wrong. We know we have. We, we were born doing things wrong. We know we all have, have done things wrong against God. And the punishment for that, of course, is to be separated from God. We have a real problem. We don't know what to do about it. And yet God has the answer. He devised a plan whereby he would come in the, in the form of a, of a man. And at 33 and a half years of age, gave his life, one who had, had never committed any wrong, died like a criminal. And yet he did that of his own choice in order to make the payment for all the wrong things that I've done and all the wrong things you've done. It's because of his payment that he turns around and offers to us a gift that he's already paid for. He offers us the gift of eternal life. It is offered as a gift. He doesn't want us to work for it. But there's a funny thing about a gift. Somebody can offer it to you all day long, but until you receive it, you take it, it's not your gift. He offers eternal life, but until you take that eternal life, it's not yours. It's, a, it's an error to think that all people when they die are going to go to heaven just because God is a good God and surely He won't, he won't send anybody to be separated from Him forever. Surely He won't. That's what we think humanly. And yet in God's plan, He's saying, I'm making it simple for you. I'm offering you a gift. All you have to do is take that gift, receive it. And the way you receive it is by trusting in Jesus Christ, by faith. When you have that relationship, then you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to go to heaven when you die. So uh, please, seriously consider that. This is my last chance to actually share that with you. Uh, the song we're about to sing, we uh, came across it uh, actually right after Dad had been diagnosed with, uh, with his cancer. And so I emailed him and said, Dad, you've got to read these lyrics to this song. This is, I mean, this is awesome. You'll love this. So he emailed me back and said, great, what's the tune? I said, oh, you're not going to like the tune. The tune is all rocky and all that. You know, you're not going to like that. Just the lyrics. Well, he emailed me again, you know, give me the tune. I said, no. So he, just to show you how eccentric that is, he, um, he decided the next weekend he would just go to church. He was the pianist for a little country church there in Oklahoma. And, um, he just wrote his own tune and sang it that next weekend. And uh, so we were talking back when he was here in June, and he said, hey, I really want that, that Great is the Lord song at my funeral. And I said, okay, I'll do it, but I'm singing my tune. So uh, that's what we're going to do today is sing this song. We sang it at Dad's funeral, and I think it's just an awesome song uh, that just really puts it in perspective for the life of a believer that everything we do is for the praise of Jesus Christ because one day we're going to see him face to face. Would you guys stand and let's sing this song together? Mm -hmm. 
be seated for just another couple of moments, please. And could we bow our heads in prayer? When Ray talked on the video a few moments ago, he talked about God's gift of eternal life in heaven. And that's what we've been talking about all morning. But as Ray said, you have to receive a gift. It's not enough to just suppose that everyone who lives this life is going to heaven. Everyone could. But there's a moment in which we have to reach out to Jesus Christ personally and accept the provision that he made for us to live forever. Basically, what we're doing is inviting him into our life to become our Savior and our King. And if you've never done that, it it could be that you've tried other things. Maybe you've even tried religion for a long time, but you've never really had a personal relationship with God himself made possible by Jesus. And if you've never had that experience, I'm going to invite you to experience that right now. I'm going to pray a prayer, and this prayer just calls out to God and asks God for salvation. And you don't have to use my words, because as I always tell you, what God's looking for is just a big yes. But I want to give you some words that call out to God, and I'm going to pray the prayer slowly so that if you want to pray with me, 
You can repeat the words after me. I'll give you a little time to think about them between each line. And if it's real in your heart, God will hear your prayer all the way from Kansas. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. And I can't pay for my sin. But I believe you died in my place to pay for my sin. I ask you now to forgive me, to transform me, and to make me God's child. I trust you, and I thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, guys, if you prayed that prayer, I have a gift I want to give you. It always happens so quickly we pray together. I know that. But I have a gift. If you just prayed to ask Christ into your life, uh, what I'd like to ask you to do is take your worship folder. There's a part that's detachable. And if you would just put your name on there and an address where I can send something to you and just check the box that says, I prayed to receive Christ. I have a gift I want to mail you. It's just some DVDs and some great stuff to let you know what just happened to you and how to take your next steps and follow Jesus. It won't cost you a penny. Say, Mark, I'm not part of New Spring. Don't worry about that. We're just glad you're here today. If you just pray to receive Christ, please let me send this to you. A name and address. You can drop it. And there's some boxes by the back doors. If you're in the galleries or if you're in the um, balcony, you can, there's some boxes at the bottom of the staircases. Just drop the card in there. If it's got your name and address, I'll mail this to you this week. If you don't want to wait for it, you don't have to. If you've got just a few extra minutes today, I'm going to point right through the middle doors. Right beyond those two middle doors, there's two zones. There's a zone called Guest Services and New Spring Store. You can stop at either one of those places, and they're not going to ask you 20 questions. All you need to do is just say, I pray with Mark. Give them the card, and they'll give you this. You can take it home with you today. It's just our gift. We want you to know Jesus. That's more important to us than anything else in the world is that you know Christ. I was so thankful you're here. Two weekends from now, we start this change series. Cannot wait to get started, but we do have one more item on our agenda today. We said that, you know, the gifts that we get from God, as wonderful as they are in this life, are like socks compared to what he has for the Christmas morning gifts. We do have a Christmas morning gift here, and I know that we have a little drawing that we're going to do. And Lance, I'm going to turn it over to you. All right. This is Bonnie. She's honest, so we asked her to draw from this thing, all right? So, kids, are you ready? Okay, never mind. I'll just throw these away. Kids, are you ready? That's a little better. All right, here we go. Draw us out one, Bonnie. All right, here we go. See if I can read these numbers. Nine, one, nine, one, one, five. Holler out if you're, that's your number. Oh, that means you probably went out already. Next number, Bonnie, where you at? Oh, wait, did we find 999? Did we find him? Oh, it's up there. You got a holler. Woo! Boy, that was a close call right there. Come on down. Where are you? I can't even see you. All right, come on, come on. Hustle down there. Hustle down. Hustle. Go that way. Go. Right down the steps. A little traveling music there. All right, good. They're coming. Got to come quick. Come quick. Come on, running. I don't want to give it away. Practice your clapping. Oh, I like it. See, you can take this anywhere. You can do this when you're listening to the radio in the car. Those guys back there are even kind of dancing a little bit. My goodness. Where are they? Where'd they go? Where are you? There they come. Here they come. Right there. 
What's your name, buddy? What is it? Brylan. This is your lucky day, my dear friend. Come over here. Oh, oh, you can come with him. Come with him. Help him out here. Let's unwrap this gift. You can do it by starting by holding this bow right here. This, or this part right here. Sorry. Get, get off. Let's go. Let's go. Just wow. Cheer him on. Like, oh, open him up there. Woo, let's go. Rip, rip it. Rip it. Right there. Right there, dude. Right there. Right there, dude. Right there. There you go. Right there. Rocky, get your finger up in there. Right there. Say Merry Christmas to Brylin. All right. Thanks for coming up, guys. All right. That is awesome. So when I get to heaven, I'm getting a wee. I'm just telling you that. We're so glad you guys have come today. Stand up. Look at somebody around you, close to you and say, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next weekend. God bless you. You're dismissed.